0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen, free and available today and every day. Wherever it is, you get podcasts. Uh, well, I guess it's the off season, so three days a week, but uh, it's at every day, but you know what I mean. I do want to give a quick thank you to Medina Tony, who left a review, very nice review over on iTunes. We're up to 96 reviews. That means we are four away from that magical 100 number we are going for. In terms of shows, we are at 648 episodes. Now there are some bonuses in there I didn't host, probably about three or four, maybe five. But we'll just celebrate episode 700 as it was episode 700. I'm not going to have the time to really go through and dig out uh, the ones that were and were not. But as I was going through data from our previous show, you know, we left off with Jacob Barry uh on my prospect list for the draft um Tony Medina Tony uh said that he liked the draft content I am hearing for the most part good things about the draft content so we're going to continue doing that we want to you know get through the the top of this list the really interesting names because again you never know who's going to fall Kumar Rocker we kind of thought there was a chance we had fallen as we got closer to the draft it certainly seemed more likely uh Khalil Watson I think was the shocker in terms of his slide, And a lot of this is eye of the beholder, honestly. Uh, and I've talked about a little bit before on this uh, show as well, that you know I'm looking at a list now and I already know I'm moving it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's I, I put certain guys in there and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I want to shift this a little bit more just in terms of what I value. And if you've missed the other shows, well, it's a little bit weird to jump in at player six on the list, but I go for safety in the draft. Uh, A few years ago, I did some research about like, you know, where do we find aces? And the answer was college pitchers. It was actually a very low percentage where high school arms, I should update it. It's been a few years. I think it was a scout article, honestly, where the aces are. Uh, But it found that a lot of guys were actually college pitchers and not from the prep ranks. And that if you wanted to find an ace, you were better off going with a college arm. Uh, You know, like I said, I need to revisit, re-dig into that data but still feels more or less correct to me. If you go through and you talk about the top pitchers in baseball, most of them were college pitchers. And I, you know, I might never have another high school pitcher in my top 10 prospects. Uh, the risk is just too high for me. And when you know, things aren't out, I'm going to look at like, where players play and overall production. These are things that matter to me. This is why I'm pulling up Baseball Cube as we speak so I can pull up data. Uh, the Cape, you know, it's a good uh, indicator it's also, I sometimes find it more useful, though, as a way to, uh, you know, okay, that's that's a, more of a concern than a success. When I'm digging into a guy's performance on the Cape, unless it's a really high-end production type of deal, I'm more looking at the, uh, okay, this guy couldn't hit it all with wood bats. That's a concern. You know, the Will Craigs and the Seth Beers of the world are the guys who we see have that issue, and they have not yet translated. Now that I've said that, let's Get back into my list. Let's go to player six on this list. Maybe a bit of a surprise. I don't know if he, I feel like in some places he may not even be a top 10 guy. Uh, maybe I am overly high on Daniel uh, Susack. I know MLB is very low on him. I mean, first round grade, but they have like a low first round grade. So why do I like Daniel Susack? Uh Now the negative before I get into why I like Arizona. You know, I talked about this with Jacob Berry, who transferred uh, Arizona. We have seen a lot of guys at Arizona and Arizona state who have failed to quite meet the production we expected from them. I feel like the Arizona, New Mexico, you have to look at both those colleges in terms of those players, performances, uh, and know that they have been inflated the same way that New Mexico and New Mexico state hitters, we get uh, nervous about inflated stats, you know, Nick Gonzalez. hopefully he'll prove me right. Uh, you know, he was a guy where the Cape was a, a big separator, but, uh, in general, you know, we know that there's an inflation going on just due to these environments. So number six, Daniel Susak, brother of Andrew who played in the big leagues. Now, Daniel uh, is a draft eligible sophomore. He's a bit old for his class. So that's kind of your, your ding here. Uh, He is a true sophomore. I believe he was draft eligible in 2020. So last year is his first full season. So he's always been older. Now, if you want to ding him on age, that's, that's another reason I could see dinging him. But what he did as a true freshman last year at, you know, he was essentially 19 for most of the college season, just like he's essentially 20 for most of this college season. Uh, In terms of statistical performance is he had 335 with a 383 on base, a 591 slugging, a bat pip of 377, a strikeout percentage, a little under 18 and a walk a little over seven. Very good numbers across the board. And he's a strong defender. Like almost everyone thinks that he is going to be an above average defender, worst case. Like he's a solid 55 type of guy to me, uh, really good tools. You know, brother was a catcher, good athlete. Uh, I believe he's another one of those former quarterbacks. So, you know, he's got the zip on his arm and you just like the athletic profile. You like what he did as a freshman. You like the bloodlines. Like I said, the only things you can really dig him on would be age, right? He's always been older and where he plays. Because, Again, it's a place that we know gets inflated statistics. He's my highest rated catcher, you know. Is and again, this kind of shows that the level of separation is very low, right? Six through nine are really just kind of their own little bracket. Ten more has a lot of other question marks, but high production. Parada at 11, you know, I, I the gap between six to even 11 here is not as big as it is in a lot of years. It's just such a good class, it's really good. I can see putting Barry over Susac. I think it's one of those situations where it, it, by the time May comes, you'll probably see Barry higher. We'll probably, if he performs as well in the SEC, that's going to give you, a, you know, a greater valuation because of the level that he's performing at. Susak, you're just bloodlines, performance, athleticism. It's all there. Catcher is so hard to find. He's a really solid defender. There's a chance for growth potential. There's a chance for plus power, I think. And I just look at all of those bits and pieces and bring them all around. And that is why I kind of like him at this spot, why I have him sixth. It's positional value. Jacob Berry is probably a first baseman. Daniel Susak is a catcher. Positional value is the separator, even though I think, you know, Berry's going to be the better hitter. Positional value and just how hard it is to find catchers is what kind of elevates him. I think it makes perfect sense to take that first commercial break right here in the show. Uh, come back and start talking about the top five kind of the elite talent there is definitely kind of a line and then these five names for me in this year's class and for this first commercial break let's talk about built bar you know him you love him if you don't know him and love him by now what are you doing anyone who listens to this show knows that i am a huge huge fan of built bar and there's never been a better time let's be honest one of my all-time favorite flavors is back the churro puff it is currently on sale for 15 percent off A, it's delicious. B, you can also use the promo code LOCK15. Get another 15% off. So you get 15% off, and then you get another 15% off of that price. All the savings. If you've ever wanted to try it and churros are your things, then you definitely want to go right now to BuiltBar.com and get Churro Puff. Want more details on the Churro Puff? Should we click over here? In terms of its health and such, you are getting... There's only 6 grams of sugar in this, 17 grams of protein, 140 calories. It is a marshmallowy treat. As long as you love marshmallows, you're going to love this one. Let's put it this way. There are 1,100 reviews of the Churro Puff. 967 are 5 stars, 133 are 4 stars. There are no 3, 2, or 1s. Everyone loves Churro Puff, and now is your time. It's currently, like I said, 15% off. Free shipping on all orders. And you get another 15% off using the promo code LOCK15. Let's get into the top five. Uh, So I'm going to start off with maybe an unconventional player for number five on this list. An unconventional, because it's the one you were probably told was the top player in this class for the past several years, and that's Elijah Green, the outfielder son of former uh, tight end Eric Green, who I believe played at the Steelers all those years, right? Wasn't he a pain in the Browns' side at one point in time, or was he there when there was no football team? Either way... Son of Eric Green. Eric Green was a big, strong tight end. And I was curious. I went to go look it up. He was with the Steelers from 90 to 94. So, yeah, he was definitely there when the Browns were still there. He was a a Pro Bowl tight end. And I just remember him being a little bit inconsistent throughout his career. But when he was good, he was excellent. And as one would expect, the athletic traits have gone to his son, who is also big at 6'3", 225 already as a high school kid. He's at IMG Academy. Uh, currently he was a Windermere product, which is a, uh, program well known for its production. I mean, he's been on the radar pretty much <laughs> forever. Uh, the best speed power combo in the class. He runs exceptionally well. Let's put it this way. His 60 yard split of 6.16 seconds over a perfect game. That's 99.82 percentile. His, uh, the 10 second split at 1.44 seconds that's 9.90th percentile 9.9 yeah yeah it, class average is a 7.27 he's got a 616 1.77 at 1.44 he is blazing fast and then i mentioned the power already right well let's go over here exit velocity 99.80th 99.80th percentile max barrel speed 96.37th uh, percentile impact momentum, 98.51 percentile. Uh, He is pretty elite on all of this. He is just a natural power speed guy. I think he's going to walk a lot. I think if you have one concern, it might be that the hit tool may not be great, but this is where, again, I have kind of my uh, issues with the idea of the hit tool. Like, okay, so he's probably going to swing and miss some, but I think he's also going to walk some. He has a good approach at the plate. He does everything well there. I mean, he's a He's a center fielder, in my opinion, who could have the arm to play right field. He's going to hit for power. He's going to just be an elite runner. That is his best trade overall. I, You know, it, yeah, he may not be a 300 hitter. I guess that's what I'm getting around to. But I still think he could post, you know, above league average on base stuff because he has a good advanced approach at the plate. He's a superb athlete. And you're like, uh, so what's the negative here? I mean essentially the fact that he's a high school kid. Uh, he just turned 18 at the beginning of December. He's going to be 18 for, you know, a, a good chunk of this year. He's not like advanced age. I mean maybe you're worried that he's a little bit physically maxed out. That's about the biggest negative you can put there. Uh, you know, he's been he's been on the map forever. That's I mean honestly that's the biggest thing. Like these guys who come on the stage as like freshmen sophomores and get anointed uh don't end up holding that position. It, it often, you know, the the Mark Venitos is the uh, Das Camerons. Now, you know, Venitos is, uh, I think, overperformed with his draft position. Cameron probably under. Bryce Terang is another one. We often end up seeing these players, uh, be, they don't... Green is what he is. And that's a very good prospect who I would not fault anyone for deciding to jump on him with any pick, uh, at all in the entire draft. If you went first overall, I could understand why, because the power speed combo is probably the best in this entire class. The, the, what happens though is these guys get, we pick their nits to death. And especially when it's someone like him, who's been around forever, there's not a big negative here. There's not really a reason to ding him which just the top five in this class. in my opinion is so elite, so good that I, I have him at five. Because I'm going to put college players higher than prep players in most situations, he's the second highest prep player in this class. Speaking of bloodlines, speaking of uh, prep talent, number four for me is Andrew or Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones. He's even bigger, at six foot four, as you might expect. Uh, plus fielder in center, has a cannon for an arm. You know, he's uh, he's got all of his dad's instincts. He's a Wesleyan Georgia kid, another one of those top programs should i go over and read his uh perfect game percentile data for him Uh, again so he's not physically maxed out like elijah green is but he has still some pretty phenomenal physical tools talking about the 60 yard uh dash 99.28 so he's at a 631 so not quite as good 10 yard split 93rd percentile at a 153 so he's about nine hundredths of a second behind Uh, green. So still, we're talking what 65. You know, green's probably like a, I would say like a 75 speed. And Jones is probably about a 65. Like there, this is some pretty elite high end stuff. Uh, When you're looking at that, it is interesting that for someone like him, who's been in a little bit more, they have like the PG series now with like reaction and shell times, which are interesting to see. Uh, Exit velocity 96.14%. So again, The speed and power is not quite the same level as Green. He's the better defender. Uh, There's a little more ceiling just because he's bigger and he hasn't grown into his body. Because his impact momentum, 99.97 percentile. So he actually has bigger, you know, a higher uh, impact momentum. He has a higher acceleration on his bat. So while the exit velocity right now isn't as high and the barrel speed isn't as high and probably, you know, won't be, there's a chance for significantly more power as he grows into that frame. It's a big frame. He is extremely athletic. He's widely considered the better hitter of the two. Also has an advanced approach at the plate. Potential gold glove center fielder. And that's what you're looking at. You're expecting uh, some of what you're, you're, you could say that you're projecting him to be his father, which might be unfair uh, because, you know, his father is a borderline Hall of Famer. But you're kind of betting on that plus defender, plus five tool type of guy. And that's why I have him a little bit higher. I think that he has a better chance to hit. I think he has, you know, just slightly less speed, slightly less power than green. And he's likely to be a better defender, has a stronger arm. Uh, they're about the same age. If you wanted to flip them, I would totally get that as well. They're essentially, you know, when it comes to this, they're 1A and 1B amongst the high school class. I don't don't see a huge separation between them. You know, I have Tamar Johnson further down, who's my third ranked. And that's just because Jones and Green, like Jones looks like a plus, maybe a plus-plus defender in center field. Green looks above average to plus in center field. Tamar Johnson doesn't have a position. So that's what it comes down to with the prep class. That's why these guys are a little bit lower i know uh the mlb list has them as the top three players in the class and i can also totally understand that i just again i'm all about uh production and data and having more facts and i'm always going to lean into college first because there's just there's less risk and it's a shorter path to the majors you have less chances for an injury or something to derail a guy they've already done some of their developing so you're just counting on that to continue so now that we've gotten through this, uh, I guess we should take our next break here. I know it may be a little bit early. We'll come back and do the top three, all college hitters. Again, you know, my highest rated pitcher is 12th in this class. Uh, is a such a strong hitter class. And with the Indians picking, or I'm sorry, the Guardians picking, where they are picking, they had a good chance for one of these players to fall to them. Uh, maybe not necessarily one of the top three here. But I mean, there are people who had Kumar Rocker still in their top four, talking about guys who were anointed, anoint, anointed can't say that word apparently, to be the top overall pick, I remember when the season ended at the end of the what the 2020 uh, 20 season, talking in our internal chat, and everyone's like, "Okay, the Pirates have run the Rockers won the Rocker sweepstakes." I'm like, "I'm not sure he's even number one on my board right now, and I bet you he won't be in a few by the end of the, the season." And that rush to anoint always happens. Like everyone was anointing, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, congratulations on winning the Elijah Green sweepstakes!" I, I, betting right now because. We have not seen that guy who has held that position for more than a year. You do see, you know, Aldi Rushman was a, was a held it all year. Like he held it for a year, but he wasn't necessarily the guy leading into his year. Maybe Steven, Steven Strasburg was the last guy who, who essentially held a pole position for like 18 to 24 months when it came to the draft. We have not seen that very often. Uh, Casey Mize held it for me personally, but that's just me. I know most people didn't have one on their board when the, uh, even partway through his draft season. Yeah, we're going to, like I said, we're going to take our break. We're going to come back, talk about these top three hitters. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe someone gets hurt. Maybe someone someone struggles. There's always going to be someone who jumps. Someone who is not being talked about enough right now is going to have just a breakout year. So there's a chance one of these guys could slide to the Indians. Specifically, maybe this third player I'm going to talk about. Uh, this is Mike tease before the break. And I, I said Indians again. Guardians, I should say. It is. He comes from a program the Indian Guardians have historically drafted heavily from. Multiple players from there in recent uh, multiple draft classes in the last decade, and when you're taking a guy from a small school, they are the ones who have the hardest time elevating their value. So come back to find out who this player is in a moment. Bet online has it covered. You know we are in the postseason right now. All the things that happen. Uh, if you want to go out and remember, Bet Online is not just for uh, your you know your betting New Year when it comes to. Uh, games and the like. Remember, they also do Vegas table games. They do poker. They do all these fantastic things there. But they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march to the playoffs and be- beyond. They remain the number one sport for all the best wagering action of 2020. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome to bo- welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2020. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, let's start with uh, one of the more interesting players in this class, in my opinion, and that is Chase DeLouder from James Madison. Uh, if you remember earlier in this, I talked about the fact that DeLouder uh, just tore up the cape. He was absolutely fantastic out there. He is a plus athlete, left-handed hitter, 6'4", 235. When you go back to uh, his perfect game profile, national ranking, 643rd best outfielder, 3rd uh, best outfielder, ninth best prospect in the state of West Virginia. So you're talking about a guy who in a non-big state, now he doesn't have any data, he wasn't someone who was out there on the scene, but that's how a guy like him slides through the cracks. He just was not... Uh, he wasn't out there he wasn't seen and like he was known of but he was not someone who you know he's if he obviously was more well known he would not have ended up at a just a, a bigger school he ends up there uh due to you know he was very very lightly recruited and you know in the history of this program James Madison it's you have to be careful because there's also James Madison High School in Virginia, which uh, James Trantos like last year, came out of. But uh, was it Billy Sample at a 10.5 war? Dana Allison at a negative war? Mike Hubbard has a negative war? Uh, Mike Venafro is probably your number two guy from there. Uh, the, I was trying to think who the Indians drafted in recent years. It's one of those names I know. And then I was like, oh, yeah, who did they draft in uh, the most recent in the 2000s out of there? Uh, D.J. Brown uh, was the right-handed pitcher. And I believe there was another guy who got a, a decent-sized bonus from, I should say, the Guardians. Kevin Kelly they took in 2019. And there was someone else, because I remember, you know, discussing this with people in the uh, minors about a few of the guys. Because I think it was D.J. – oh, Jake Lowry, who they gave, uh, you know, 200000 dollars was a pretty – he's been one of their bigger names uh, in relatively past few years. Uh, the last time they had a first rounder was Kellen Kulbaki, who got 765000 in 2007. Dan Meyer, you might remember him, a former top pitching prospect, got a million as a 31st, 34th overall draft pick by the Braves. So that they've had some guys go high, but he's got a chance to beat them all. The highest overall selection so far was uh, 34th overall. Uh, two players hold that. Dan Meyer, who I mentioned, who was a supplemental first rounder. Then Brian McNichol, who was uh, nineteen ninety five a second round pick, those are the the two highest play highest not paid those are the highest uh, drafted players from uh, James Madison. The latter should pass them both. Like it shouldn't even be close. It would take uh, basically an injury at this point in time uh, for him not to go higher than either of them. Now, health has been an issue. Let's be honest. If There are going to be people out there t- uh, dinging me right now because he's a small school guy. He played in 26 games last year and then during his shortened season, 16 games during the COVID. So you're looking at 42 games. The numbers are video game-like in that time. You know, in 26 games last year, 12 doubles, 3 triples, 6 home runs, 25 walks to 14 strikeouts, 386 batting average, 512 on base, 723 slugging, walked... 19.5% struck out, a little under 11%. Again, small school, uh, small sample. He's also a starter and a reliever. Uh, he's a starter as a freshman. He mostly worked out of the pen. He's played center field, but you know, he uh, the arm's strong enough to play on right. A lot of this is based on the Cape. And I know I've talked about overvaluing the Cape, and maybe I'm guilty of that. But we've seen him against top competition, Excel. We've seen him use a wood bat and look like one of the best players in the entire cape am I putting too much value in him conceivably also I want to point out this is a player who will not turn uh, 21 until next October so very young for his class you know he was 17 years and seven months on his draft day and you know I might have said health that's that's not the right word the lack of games, or it's just been COVID. James Madison played 28 games last year. He appeared in 26 of them. The year before that, the was his exact total that I I must have. You know, I did the very smart thing and closed out his page. He has had lack of game experience because of two COVID seasons. When he has had the chance, he has performed. He has performed at the highest of levels in terms of production and in wood bat leagues. It's just you put together the athletic profile, the production, the u- the age, the youth, and then just the lack of reps. Uh, the sky's the limit here. And it, the lack of reps are the only reason he's not the number one player in this class. Honestly, it's just physical tools, along with what he did during the summer, have put him in this great position. Now, the downside is almost no player who is from a very small program. By the way, we got another small school guy in the top three as well. But one that plays at a, a you know, a slightly bigger program than James Madison. But small school guys always get dinged. Like he has to especially if DeLouder comes out at the start of the year and doesn't perform great, he'll get dinged because they're gonna face all their best competition in the first month and a half and then they go into the the CAA and he's gonna face lesser competition, people won't be as interested, they won't care. They're gonna say he's facing a lot of guys who won't even get drafted. So he has to come out of the gate on fire or he could slide. He could be someone That if he comes out and he's not, if he doesn't do what he's already done, we talked about how ridiculous his production has been, then he might slide and he could be someone for the Indians to consider. And uh, I would be quite ecstatic, Guardians, I should say, to consider. I'd be quite ecstatic if that happened uh, with this class. We still have two names to go, our top two. I think if you pay attention to the draft, it shouldn't be too hard to guess who the last two players are. Uh, we got a pair of up the middle types. I'll say that we're going to, we're going to save these two for Friday show, uh, rather than try to rush in some names here at the end of the episode, we're going to just back pocket these two guys. Got some, uh, both have bloodlines. You got a son of a coach and a son of, or son, and a brother of another high draft pick. Uh, see some interesting players. One of them was one of my highest rated players, uh, going back three drafts ago who did not sign, who went to college. So, yeah, we're looking at uh, some interesting guys. I don't think either one really has any chance of being available when the Guardians select. But uh, still, good to know, names to watch. We're about a month out from the college baseball season, so there is that. That's going to be fun, something to look forward to. As always, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank some of those fantastic uh, listeners like Aaron Bachman and Nathaniel Kingsley, who always give me some nice feedback. Uh, D.B. uh helping me out as well. You know, always feel free, man. Give me those pronunciation guides uh, because I likely need them. Uh, We had a a rough week on the show. I know I didn't always hit my Monday, Tuesday deadline. We dropped out of the top 200. So please do your part. Download daily, rate and review. Do all those things to help. We're close to those 100 reviews. That'd be fantastic for the show. We are also very close to, uh, you know, we were in the top 50. So it's been a bit of a tumble of late. I know it's the off season. I know it's everything else going on. Also makes me worried that maybe a lot of listeners aren't as big on the draft. We have one more draft show. At the end of this week, we'll be done with draft. But as long as we've got a lockout, I mean, college baseball is going to be something I'm going to talk about on the show. So this is your assignment. You ready? I'm a teacher by day. So here's your assignment. If you're a listener, what do you want me to talk about? As this lockout stretches, what do you want me to talk about? And or what college baseball teams should I focus on? I know, you know, in the state of Ohio, you've got Kent, you got Wright State or the the cream of the crop. Most years those are the programs that uh, Wright has kind of become the Ohio Baseball Mecca. Ohio State has some good years. It has some up and down, but obviously a big program in the state itself. Where else should I focus on one of them? Not one of them. Let me know. This is your chance to help influence the show. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeff draft. And as we say now, go, go Guardians, go.